Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today's conversation is rich. I am back with Anthony Walsh, a former pro cyclist and the host of the Roadman Cycling Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how intense training and exercise can build character, but at the same time, you can find joy in movement. I think this is often missed. Like people just like slog their way through exercise or doing hard things, but there's joy that can be found in the process. We also discuss how to align your time commitments with your values and what your calendar says about what you truly care about. It's a convicting episode for me, and I think it's going to touch your heart as well. So let's get right to it. Let's lean in and learn from the best. How do you leverage exercise and fitness to bring you joy? Yeah, that's a funny one. It's something I've wrestled with quite a bit because we talked previously about really poor inclement weather. If you're out training or running or cycling in the cold weather, and it's, you can't feel your hands or your feet. Is that really joy? It's definitely not joy in the moment. <laughs> not in the moment. <laughs> but I suppose it's a different type of joy, isn't it? It's like a deferred joy where you know you're going to be happy after you've done it like i've never come in from a run or a ride or a gym session no matter how tired i've been and regretted training so it's like a different type of joy it's like a type two fun deferred fun down the road i was cycling a lot when i was in virginia and my friend omar and i uh, he was a world-class sprinter he's from jamaica and he, anyways we've been friends for a long time so we were working at this institution together and we would go cycle every saturday and i'll never forget this is mild compared to you, okay? But I'd never experienced in the cycling where I couldn't feel my feet and I couldn't feel my hands anymore. <laughs> and I was getting nervous. And it was like a three-hour ride. And, you know, I get home and I'm like trying to thaw out, you know, in the, um, in the shower. And then I'm just laying there. I don't remember what I ate, but it was so good. It was just so good. And then I look back and I was like, man, that was fun. But like, I don't know, I just think that so many people look at fitness as something that's a punishment, but it actually brings us so much fulfillment. And like, what would you suggest to somebody that's kind of on this fitness journey of how they can find the joy in the moment or, you know, use this to expand the, the joy in their life? I think the way I look at it is you should experiment. There's no right answer. There's no, just because I like cycling, I was always a kid who just liked, I remember the first time my mom would say to me, you know, you're not allowed past the end of the street when I was like five, six years old. And I was on my bike up and down the street. And then the first time I broke free of the confines of that street, it was just like total freedom. And I'm still transported back to that total freedom when I get on the bike. Like I jump on now as I just went 40. So a bit of a milestone birthday a couple of weeks ago. And every time I get onto the bike, I'm a child again. And But your relationship with the bike even can change through years. Like as I went to college, it was a tool for commuting and, you know, absconding away from my academic responsibilities. And as I got a job, it was a straight out commuting tool. And then I became a professional cyclist and it was my you know, way to make a living. So even though it's one bike, I've had many different relationships with it. But for people, I think it's important to just not say, I have to run, I have to cycle, I have to go to the gym, or just because you're in a culture that values one sport, like you guys in the US, where you know, you're in Boston and people want to play hockey, you're in Chicago and you want to play basketball. Like Maybe you're into hill walking, maybe you're into climbing, maybe you're into ice skating. Experiment with a lot of different sports till you find something that's just 
makes you smile, makes you laugh, makes you glow, makes time pass like minutes pass like seconds, seconds pass like hours. When you find that, that's what you should be doubling down on. But keep experimenting because, you know, trying to cram into a gym, determined to look the way Calvin Klein said we should look, you know, that's not for everyone. No, not for me either. Uh, Calvin Klein, that's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I look at it as like an escape now and, and not kind of like a selfishly a little me time. Like I, like today I'm going to go do some zone two for probably 45 minutes to an hour. And I've already planned out there's a podcast I want to listen to. And that's just kind of a time. I don't watch TV. I just don't have time for it. But that's the time when I actually get to like think and really have some solitude. And I just think that there's a lot of joy that could be taken from exercise and fitness. And as somebody that's dedicated their life to it, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that. I heard it described by a podcast host as fitness is your table and then everything else you're working on in your life. So you're, for you, your podcast is an item you place on the table. Your relationship with your kids is another item. Your relationship with your wife is another item. Your Maybe your other business is another item. And so all these items are individually important to us. But without the table that all these items sit on top of, which is our health, nothing else matters. And mm-hmm. I've seen this. I have friends that I've met through my own podcast and they're They've taken companies from startup to taking them public. They've other friends are, you know, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies are vastly high net income earners. And there's almost no correlation between money and happiness. So for people to like look at their life and you say 70, 80, 90% of your waking hours are chasing monetary and you're spending two or 3% of your life focusing on health makes absolutely no logical sense. Health needs to be the bedrock that underpins everything. Yeah, I think about this with my kids as well. You know, you work hard so you can spend more time with them, but then am I actually spending time with them? I was laying there last night just hanging out with my kids and I was like, just two hours, just sitting there investing time and just being there. I was like, this is why I do these other things. Does that make sense? Have you heard that fable? Someone told me on the podcast, I can't recall who it was. and It's an old fable where there's a a fisherman in a rural town, the town escapes me. And an American businessman comes to him and he says, hey, like I've been observing your life and you just kind of fish for an hour in the morning. Then you feed your family with that fish and you give some fish to your neighbors and you just kind of chill out for the rest of the day and hang out with your family. And he's like, yeah, just hang out with the kids, wife, play guitar, socialize with my neighbors, drink. And he's like, yeah, you know what? If you worked two or three extra hours, you catch some more fish and then you could trade some more. And he's like, well, why would I do that? And he's like, because if you worked more, then you could catch more fish and you could sell them and you could buy a second boat and you could have someone work for you. He said, well, why would I do that? He's like, because if you done that, you could eventually branch out and you could own your own factory here in this rural village and employ loads of people. And he's like, well, why would I do that? Because like, eventually then you could sell the factory. And he's like, well, what would I do then? And he's like, well, you could hang out at home with your wife and kids and drink beer with your neighbors and play music all day. I was like, <laughs> we've got our priorities kind of weird, haven't we? 100%, man. That's that's convicting right there. That's very convicting. I have a friend, he's an entrepreneur. He's a, actually like kind of, a, you would call him an influencer. And uh, he's done well for himself, but he's like most inf- people that have are entrepreneurs, they end up spending all day doing the entrepreneurial thing because they want to have freedom. He goes, but they never then prioritize the thing that they want to do. 
So he says, right now they live, they moved to Utah so they could ski or he snowboard. And he's like, so now that it's snowing, I do all of my meetings early in the week. And then later in the week, I have nothing planned till one o'clock. Why? So I can do the thing that I actually came here to do. Does that make sense? He's not, <laughs> doesn't have kids or anything. I was like, that's prioritization of what's really important for him at that time. You know what I'm saying? For me, it's my children now. And I've been having more discussions with my wife around like, how do I really make sure that I'm spending my time where I'm, I, I need to spend it, which is focused on them and investing in their lives and not let the entrepreneurship thing get in the way of, I don't want to look back in, in time and go, man, yeah, we, maybe we made a bunch of money, but I don't really know my kids. A cool now. exercise to do is if you go through your Google calendar or if you're a pen and paper man, uh -huh. go through it with a, a highlighter. And so if you were to say to me, we chat now and I say to you, all right, Eric, what's your values? And you'll pull out four or five or six different values. You can say maybe spirituality, family, financial, self-progress, maybe working in the community. I'll say, okay, well, show me your Google calendar and let me see mm. how you're spending your time. Are you spending time? You say you value contribution to the community. Are you spending time contributing to the community? If you have 80 waking hours and you're spending zero of those contributing to the community, guess what? It's not one of your values. You're a fraud or you're yeah. lying to yourself. And equally, and maybe more harshly, people will see this kind of, it's a mirror in their own life at the moment as they listen. If you say your wife and your kids are important to you and you look at that calendar and all your time is work, commuting from work, working on side hustles, guess what? I don't know about you, but that last part really impacted me. And I sat down after that episode and really started thinking about my calendar and what it says about my commitments. And sometimes we need to take a look in the mirror, you know, like we talked about at the end there. And I'm going to do a better job in my personal life on making sure that, you know, my calendar does align with the things that matter the most, my family, whether that's working extra late at night, when I should really be spending time with my kids or on the weekends, or if I really want to improve learning in a certain area, am I making space for that? So this episode really convicted me. And I want to challenge you to take a few minutes right now and just pause and just think through your life, your schedule, and does it really align with who you are? So if today's episode impacted you, please share it with someone. You never know the impact it may have. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.